Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists empowerment talk radio. Speaking truth to us and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Symbiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens! Coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. And thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Indeed, I am Janice Graham, and we welcome you to our Saturday night open mic at Our Common Ground, where we are transposing truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And uh, for those of you who are new to us, we welcome you. And um, we especially welcome our long listeners and fans and hope you will engage with us tonight in this open mic. You know, in in the 1960s, uh, Alabama Governor George Wallace whipped up white opposition to civil rights advances. Uh, Last week we had with us our dear sister, Barbara Arnwine, who's the executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, to talk about some of this. And one of the core questions in our discussion last week was, is the Tea Party deja vu all over again? We want you to bring your agenda, your topics, and your issues to us whether it's black unemployment, black politics, community development, education of black children and adults. And this whole question of what are they talking about? What America would they like to take back? Also, I'm interested in looking at the CBC Jobs Tour. Uh, Started off in Atlanta this week. There were literally more than 50,000 people who showed up. Uh, for a jobs tour and jobs fair sponsored by the Congressional Black Caucus. Where are they finding their jobs? On our plate tonight also is the question of 
what is President Obama planning around Libya? What is he planning around Syria? Uh, this week it was reported that Western-backed rebels have made good their vow to purge slaves, black skin, with the reported capture of Tarouga, a black Libyan city, after a long siege. Elsewhere, just 30 miles from the capital city of Tripoli, NATO bombed 85 civilians to oblivion. Facing a September 27th United Nations deadline on its humanitarian mission, NATO has resorted to terror bombing to clear the way for the rebel advance, and we'd like to hear your views about that. Tonight we are asking you, at 347-838-9852, our lines are open. What are some of the solutions to some of these issues? Let's look at – there was a, an interesting article in the Washington Post this week in regard to black scientists, and it seems as though that uh, there are many black scientists who are running, working on research projects, and they can't get funded by the federal government, um, where similar projects are getting funded. We need to talk about that. Also, this man, Rick Perry, he's hopped out of Texas, and he is now a candidate for president of the United States. Is that good for uh, President Obama and the Democrats? And I also want to look at Alan West. Who the hell is this man? A mo he calls himself a modern-day Harriet Tubman. What's wrong with this dude and, and, and others like him? Interesting issues all over the map in domestic politics. The GOP is having a hard time. It's not easy being Mitt Romney. Uh, they're trying to run him out of uh, town, and he doesn't seem to be budging, but they've got Rick Perry um, on his heels. They've got Michelle Bachman on his heels. And it looks as though that Sarah Palin may be uh, trying to create an alliance with him. Um the other issue that is before us is about this Obama administration. Uh, the Black Agenda Report, which most of you know that I support and I read or listen to on a daily basis, uh, Bruce Dixon, who has been a guest here at Our Common Ground, uh, has written a piece, and I'm going to share some of that with you. Um, so that we can get this discussion going. For those of you who are not in the chat room, you can join us in our chat room at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And we certainly welcome all of our chatters. Uh, Denise Bowles, uh, previously of TruthWorks Network, and uh, she has a wonderful show, and we're about to do some broadcasting collaborative with her. Uh, she's in our chat room. YJ, good evening and thank you. And many guests. BK Gower uh, is with us tonight. We wanted, we do want to uh, note that we are on open mic Saturday night. 
it really is your agenda. Our number is 347-838-9852. Tonight's quote in our chat room is, Negroes threw eggs at me when I spoke in New York City. Who was that? For those of you who are not in the chat room, give me a call at 347-838-9852. Let us know what's on your mind, what are the topics that are hot for you, and give an, and try to guess at who might have said that. Um, it's been a really, really rough couple of weeks for me. I'll tell you a little about it. Uh, you know how we get when we get under the deadlines, work deadlines. I mean, I literally have a crook in my neck from looking down at a desk for the last three weeks. It's almost been 24-7. I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I start working. I mean, I immediately start working right after um, uh, splashing some water on my face and Grabbing, I've even been drinking stale coffee because I wanted to, this deadline, it was like a mind, I don't know how many of you have had these mind-crushing deadlines, but it's been three weeks for me. I had about five months of work that should be reasonable and moderate over a five-month period, and I had to get it done in three weeks. I did meet the deadline. I did get it all done. And I was literally, I'm one of those people that I'm a night owl, and I'm usually still reading at one thirty, two o'clock. Well, I had two nights last week where I actually passed out by 8 o'clock, um, but I got it done. And, you know, I think that sometimes we forget that we do get in a zone uh, where life goes by you. Uh, and there was a lot of life in the last three weeks that that went by me. I missed all of the um, incidental celebrations uh, as my granddaughter packed up this huge van. Now, I remember when I came from Florida to Massachusetts to college, I didn't have to have a refrigerator. I don't even think I thought about having a refrigerator. Well, Grand Princess went off to college with a refrigerator and an air conditioning unit, not the kind that you put in the window, but the kind that sits on the floor. And it seems as though she has really hit it off real well with her roommate who hails from Greensboro, North Carolina. You know, it's... Uh, the black family is very is a very small family, and it turns out that this young girl who is going to be my granddaughter's roommate is um, uh, the daughter of a woman who my aunt taught in the fifth grade in Greensboro, North Carolina. So they've really ho- um, hooked up and they've been talking to each other on Facebook and texting and talking on the phone and um, planning everything with the refrigerator, I guess, and the air conditioning, and the mothers have been coordinating the comforters and the blankets and rugs, and and I missed all of that because of this deadline. Um, But I did not miss yesterday at a very, very... 
um, wonderful ceremony. My granddaughter, and I do want to say, I'm sure she's not listening tonight. She's getting used to her new surroundings and probably um, cuddled up in the hotel bed with her mom for the last time. Um, It really has been a very moving thing, but yesterday my granddaughter was awarded a $20,000 scholarship by the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute where I was a patient. Uh, and when I went to the ceremony, for she, they, they gave out four scholarships to high schoolers who had been interns uh, in various de- uh, departments within the Cancer Institute. My granddaughter was in lymphoma and leukemia. And she had been in this internship her junior and senior year in high school as well as two summers. And she received the highest scholarship, which was $20,000, but there was a 15 and a 10 and a 5. And those were four kids who had committed themselves to going to college to prepare for medical education. They had gotten some of the best exposure possible, and uh, that was a very, very moving um, ceremony, especially for me to turn around. And four nurses who had become very friendly with my granddaughter, and my granddaughter talked about them so much. This is how small the, the black world is. And when I turned around and I and and she was introducing to them, I knew them all because I had met them during my treatment. Um, and my, my granddaughter became very interested in medicine because she attended a, a number of my treatment sessions with me because they were five hours at one, slot, at, at one time, and we would watch movies while the medicine was being administered and, and play games not knowing that one day she would be working there or receiving a $20,000 scholarship. So we were very pleased. And then when we went to dinner uh, last night, and, of course, I had finished, met my deadline, and yesterday was like coming out of prison for me, um, her parents announced that the only thing that they had to pay for uh, for the next four years would be her infirmary fee and her room and board. Well, her board. So that's a, a really good feeling. The other thing that happened this week is uh, I see that Alpha has just joined us, and Doc Don, thank you for joining in, and all of our guests. Um, Alpha's son was married today, and Alpha. Um, was there to lend his support and his advice, and we certainly send out our congratulations to him. And uh, this week also, my grandson Miles celebrated his 10th birthday, and now he is 10. And people were saying to us yesterday, he's 10? Wow, he looks like he's 16. <laughs> so our lines are open, 347-838-9852, everything from Perry to Obama here at our common ground tonight. 914, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for joining us. 
914. Let's see if we can try this some more. 914. Nine one four. We're going to put you on hold and then try to come back to you. Nine one four. You're on the air. I respect you. Well, it looks like we lost nine one four. So let's get back to it. Uh, it looks like there is um, the question of that has come to the to the front. And for those of you who would like to join us, our number is 347-838-9852. We have 845 on the line. 845, you're on the air. I respect you. Hi, Janice. This is Denise Bowles. Hey, Denise Bowles. So good to have you with us tonight. How yes, are you? Yes, it's so good to be back with the Our Common Ground if you don't family. Girl, smiling all over Facebook. <laughs> I'm having a good time, and it's good to see Alpho back. Alpho, congratulations on a wonderful day today for you and your family and Doc Don. It's good to see you. I just wanted to be here for a little while tonight, just for a little while, and then I have to go, Uh but it's so good to hear your voice. Well, it's good, so good to have family back to to join us, Um, (laughs) most of my family is uh is a way uh we yeah have you've family. got some good stuff happening now that's wonderful news you should be proud I know. so happy that you the, shared this joy yeah the rest of them are down on the vineyard down in uh dennis um doing the obama watching okay uh, i would be down there for you couldn't give me a million dollars to be down there this weekend Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, you know, I just noticed that there's a topic that's pretty hot for me this week, Janice, that's come up here uh, several times. And the topic is about the African-American female, the black female. And it just seems to me like since Michelle Obama became the first black first lady of the United States of America, there has been constant negative criticism about black women. And uh, some of it... You know, I I think we do have to take an account and and look at it from our our own selves. And one of those, you know, I noticed this week um, this uh, a guy. uh, He actually is a a film star. He's uh, interracial. He was born in Germany. His name is Boris Kojo. And he, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he talked about how he had this nightmare where there was a 300-pound black woman on top of him, gnawing on a chicken wing. And how he's talking about, you know, he doesn't like fat black women, and you know, it 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 was it was interesting because, um, you know, it, it seemed like it was like, well, okay, um, I don't know why you'd have that kind of a vision or a dream, but you know, to publicize something like that, I thought was really over the top. Then today, where did you see this? Um, where did I see? I have it on my Facebook page, actually. I saved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring it up again. And in the meanwhile, while I'm looking for it, you know, today a, a friend of mine on Facebook, she was talking about how she had a good day, but a woman called her fat, and she's a Christian, this woman who was um, the friend of mine, and she went on to make acronyms about, you know, well, I'm not fat, um, you know, this, 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 I'm that, 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 all these acronyms that were uh, Christian-related. 
And as a medical social worker and as a black woman myself, and I see so many catastrophic events happen to blacks because they don't take care of their health, I went on and I made a comment saying, well, you know, most of the women who are responding here are obese, and you really need to think about cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all of these things that if you, I challenge anyone to look at the CDC ratings, and you will find African Americans to be at the highest of all those things. So it's not enough just to make acronyms about being fat, it, it, and it's it's not it's not enough anymore to do it gently, you know, like Dr. Ian did his 50 million pound challenge. We really need to take a good, honest look at the black woman and at her health and, you know, realize that, yeah, it, the comments are out there, but we really need to do a job, and that job is to manage our temple, which is our bodies. And, you know, this woman, her friends jumped in, and they all got very upset with me, and they were very uh, annoyed, and I said, well, you know what, I'm sorry, but as a medical social worker, um, you could think that I'm being rude, but when the doctor comes in that examin- examination room and tells you you have a diagnosis, where's the rudeness then? When your health care coverage cuts you off because they can't afford to pay for your diagnosis anymore, where's the rudeness then? You know, we, we have to do better. So I found I found the article, and it's called No Fat Chance, um, Boris Kojo, and it's from Madame Nior. Another good friend of mine, she posted it. And, you know, this film star who is biracial man, um, he talked about his feelings about black women and obesity. And uh, <laughs> I just thought it was very interesting. So, But is he, talking, is he talking about the surface? He's talking about the surface beauty. He's not talking about the health issues. He's talking about the surface thing about fat women, how, you know, he had this nightmare of a fat uh-huh black woman being on top of him and you know he he just he's didn't married find... to someone he's and married I'm trying... to someone who's very skinny and and very you know yeah ma- yeah <laughs> but you know i'm it, trying it, to think it, of who it is he's married to he's married to um nicole something her name is i know who she is uh-huh. her nicole something is her name but you know the point is why is the media focusing on someone like this actor to just come out and and everything that's said about the black woman now it just seems like it's 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 enunciated it's it's brought up to the 10th or 100th degree now because you know this year and we're in august now i've heard nothing positive about black women on the media i've heard everything about how we can't get a man we're fat our fat our black men think we're fat even the um, news we're coverage na- we're na- the, the woman that killed the man, uh, you know, I mean, the woman that killed the man, the man, the woman that, the black woman who scalded her husband, the black woman it's, who did it's this amazing. and that. And the other. It's just, it's yes. just going You're and going right. and going and going. And yeah, let's keep it real, black women. You aren't thick. You are fat, and it's dangerous and it's unhealthy, and you're at the highest risk on on every national scale when it comes to health, both from the local centers with you know Department of Health all the way to the CDC. But okay, it, but let's stop. That's true. Yeah, those are the facts. Those are I the agree facts. about those facts. But right. let's look at the overarching issues that create the reality of black women's lives, Mm -hmm. including the news coverage you're talking about, Mm -hmm. that one of the so-called hunks that's considered African-American because he plays African-American characters on TV and in movies comes out and makes derogatory statements like that. Black women live under the worst kind of stress Mm 
that any person in this country lives under, including mm-hmm. the demonization of black women. Oh, yes. So we, ha- we, we do have to consider that. And I have always maintained, Denise, that until black women come face-to-face with the emotional issues, the mental stresses, stressors of their lives, then the physical stuff is going to continue. The oh, high yes. blood pressure, the diabetes, the overeating, the eating for comfort, the eating for love. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I noticed, that in our community, when black people talk about let's go out, it's always let's go out to eat. <laughs> it's never let's go out for a walk or a, for bicycling or let's go skiing or let's go golfing or let's go play some tennis. It's let's go out and eat. Yeah, it, it, it is cer- it's certainly around food, and I myself, I'm a woman who is watching her weight. I come from a a family where obesity is a trait, but I do watch what I eat. And you're absolutely right, Janice. The stress factor does put on weight. But I tell you, ever since Michelle Obama became the first black first lady, it has been nothing but negative things in the media about the black woman. Everything from the black woman should date and marry interracially so she has better chances of, of having a relationship, all the way to that black mothers and are just not good parents, period. It's just it's been one uh-huh. thing after another. I, I haven't seen anything like yeah. this ever. Yeah. Uh, well, w- one of the things, let me ask you, Denise, one of the things that I think that we have to um, interject in our relationships with our sisters is that we have to interject more honesty, more intimacy, so that together we can begin to um, decompensate, um, analyze, and share in the solutions. And the solutions might be, rather than going out to eat, let's get together, make a healthy meal, and talk about putting together a health group. You know, black women got into with the Maya Angelou and the Oprah, Oprah, Oprah-esque kind of behavior reading group. Well, let's read something. I'm reading a wonderful book that Mae Jackson, one of our leaders, one of our listeners, uh, sent to me, and it's called The Healing Code. Mm -hmm. And it is just a wonderful book with a wonderful toolkit Uh of things to do around the association of spiritual, uh, physical health, and emotional health. Right. That does sound good. I'm reading two books right now. Uh, I just can't help myself. I always read two books at once. The first book I'm reading is called Imero. It's a um, it's a uh, kind of a sci-fi, black sci-fi that was written a long time ago by a gentleman by the name of Charles Saunders. And the other book that I'm reading right now is The Conspiracy to Destroy Black Women, and that's written by Michael Porter. And um, 
it is really amazing um, what I'm what I'm reading between the two books because Imaro is is a really good sci-fi story, but um, Mr. Saunders did a lot of work to bring in the uh, different histories and different details of Africa. So it's one of those books that is is a treat because if you go into bookstores today, anything that's science fiction um, is basically Caucasian based. So I'm really happy to to be reading this book, even though it's an old. And book. you know, my favorite author is Octavia Butler. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Tanner arrived so, too. Right, uh, and we just and we just lost L.A. Banks. So, you yeah. know, um, it, it's really good to read this, and I, I just find it so refreshing. So I'll probably be up all night reading this. But the conspiracy to destroy black women is just a wonderful book in itself because we're it's talking about all these things that are directed towards the black woman, and systematically, it, it, it's 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 it really contributes to our black men and our black children not seeing the black woman in the best positive light possible. Mhm. 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 And you know, I you know what I was thinking about Denise the other um the other night when I should have been thinking about what I was working on at work, but I was thinking about <laughs> something else. <laughs> Maybe that's what was slowing me down. But I, I was thinking about the relationship between uh, black nationalist women and black nationalist men as organizers and as activists together. Mm-hmm. Where it Good seems luck. as though, uh, it seems as though through, there's a history of the brothers come in and they sit around and they don't do very much. They talk with each other. The women are working their tails off, doing all the writing, doing all the the posters, doing all the telephone calls, et cetera, et cetera, and the men see themselves as the thinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, or, and that's another counterbalance that we yes. have to intercede about. Yes, and the other counterbalance that's my pet peeve, and I'm still um, dealing with that, is in my arena of parent advocacy and parent education, we have too many black men sitting on panels talking about how black women need to raise their children better, but there isn't a single woman that's on the panel. The the black men tend to shut out black women when it comes Mm -hmm. time to talk about education and families. And, you know, it's almost like a penis-only kind of group. And what we have to understand is until the black woman is brought forward and treated as the queen and treated as the valuable asset to the black family that she is, the black family itself is never going to go forward. Our children are never going to go forward. And time and time again, I mean, all kinds of different venues that I've been invited to where it's an all-black male panel. And I've been out here doing this work now for several years. I never get invited by these black men to come up and speak and represent the black mothers because, you know, of their trepidations and their own insecurities. But it's just a shame that, you know, that's, that's a very prevalent trait happening uh with black america today and it it's 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 really uh very disheartening. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I I really think that we have to change the dialogue. I think we have to we have to do better at being having honest dialogue uh about these issues. Uh because until it happens, black women are going to continue to get fat. They're going, mm-hmm. going to continue to comfort themselves in ways that uh, are unhealthy. Right. I so, agree. Denise, you're in our chat room. Would you post the, the titles of those books uh, for oh, our yeah, chat sure. 
Sure, sure. I'd love to. I'm doing it right now for you. Okay. And thank you so much for your call and for joining us tonight. Yes. God bless Janice, and I will be in touch. Thank you so much, Our Common Ground. I love you to death. Thank you, Denise Bowles of the <laughs> Denise Bowles Show. You changed the name of your... <laughs> What are you broadcasting? I'm broadcasting um, on Black Motherhood Empowerment here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'm having a show that's coming up on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, and I'll be speaking with a very powerful black father who's going to be giving some tips about being a, a husband and being a dad. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say. And um, I have another good show coming up, too. So I'm booking some shows here before the fall comes, some really good things. Um, I'm also working with a group of mothers through New York. They're called The Many. We are many, and they are mothers um, in New York City, and they formed a wonderful organization to bring about the change in the education system. So they're going to be joining me on my show again Wednesday. So I've been very busy, so it's been very good. It's hard to keep up with you because uh, <laughs> you're doing a show on Tuesday, you're doing a show on Wednesday. Yeah, That's I don't strange. have a set date. I try to work around the actual guests themselves. And some yeah. some weeks I go without booking any shows, and some weeks I have two or three. So this yeah. is one of those yeah. times. So I said, you know what, let me enjoy it, and hopefully I can empower our listeners and, and help our people to progress. Well, thank you so much, Denise, and do post the books in in our chat room. I am doing One it right the, now. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you all for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. And one of the things we want to talk about tonight and get your your check on is um, the suggestion that criticism of this president is hating, which I find ridiculous. We can make distinctions between bitter attacks and enlightened analysis. And the argument that publicly criticizing our first black president is an act of racial disloyalty, I believe, is something that we need to talk about. Are we grown enough to know that politics is about engaged citizenship and not tribal worship? I hope that we are. Our number is Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two and nine one four is back with us. Good evening and thank you for joining us on our common ground. I respect you. Hello. Hello. Yes. I'm just, yes, I'm trying to just listen to the show. So oh, okay. I don't know why I keep coming. I'll, uh-huh. I'll put you on hold. I keep doing that. How oh, are you? I, I love you madly. Love you, too. I love you, Madeline, and thank you for being with us. Okay, one of the questions, too, that I have tonight. You know, when you're closed up in a room for three weeks, doing the same thing over and over and over and having to read 546 pages of simple trash in order to get to what the people are talking about, I've been reading proposals. So you get to start thinking a lot. And one of the things I've been thinking about is our churches in our black community. When are we going to take on the dragon that does not roar? And and this is what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about 
are Christian churches. Most black churches are Christian churches. I have to admit that there are some black churches. I will admit that there are some black churches. And I don't often try to take on religion because I think religion as a cultural precept is something that people have to decide for themselves. But I'm most familiar with Christianity. Everybody that I have ever loved or known uh, intimately are mostly Christians. So this is my question. If most Christians are waiting for the return of a Savior, and that is the whole notion, precept of how you live because you are living for the return of a Savior. I was thinking this, and maybe Don or Alpha or somebody can help me put my brain on. I haven't had very much of a brain in the last three weeks, but if you can help me out here, is it correct to think that this coming of the Lord thing that Christians are engaged in, and I'm not judging that, um, and, and one of the reasons I don't do a lot of, you know, a lot of talk show hosts will profess to something. I don't profess to anything right now. Uh, but suppose that, suppose this for you stay with me now, just to stay with me. Suppose for a moment that this coming is not a person, it's of an event. And suppose for a minute the event is that poor people, not just poor people in America, poor people begin to starve. Poor children begin to starve. That the world, the human world that we know, begins to deteriorate to the point that humankind is at risk. And while Christians are waiting for the coming of a man, it may be that those events is what is coming and that that whole precept in their religion is about addressing the event and not waiting for a person. Now, most of you who have been listening to to me for 20 years know that I grew up, uh, I am um, of five generations, six generations. I've been an AME since Richard Allen. Let's just put it that way. I went to Sunday school every Sunday. Everything in my life revolved around when I was growing up, what was happening at the church, the youth events, the everything that happens in a church, the fundraising, the do-gooding, the making Easter speeches and Christmas speeches and the whole nine yards. So I know that what the teachings are of the Christian church. And I'm looking at the black church and thinking, where is the mission? Just where is the mission? Um, is it is the mission is the mission in the waiting or is the mission in 
standing. And I know some of you are going to go to church tomorrow and say, you know, that heathen lady was on the radio trying to um, make a point about Christianity. I'm trying to make a point about the black church and find out. My question is, what are the seven things? Just what are the seven things, five things, four things? What are the things for which? The black church is not waiting or looking or attending to. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852, and tonight is Open Mic Saturday Night, where you bring what's on your mind. It's your call. Your call at 347-838-9852. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll take your call. hoping that life would change real soon. I knew drinking too much messed up my life. A friend suggested I check out AA. It worked. I found myself in an AA group. Finally, I've got my act together. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or AA.org.
our common ground at Blog Talk Radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight at Our Common Ground. It's Saturday night, open mic, and we're going right to our phones, 405. You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for joining us. What's on your agenda tonight? Well, Hotep Janice and... uh, Hotep Don. Likewise, I respect you. And the individuals who are listening to us and those in the chat room. Alpha, I tried to get you today, and I just couldn't get... Couldn't get you, my man. But anyway, was out, um, dressed up and ready to go. Yeah, you're posing a very uh, interesting question, and it's an in-depth question that it really um, makes one ponder uh, just what are how have these religions affected us as a people. You know, when we first came here, remember now, we had our own different ways of worshiping the Creator. Many, many, many diverse ways and many, many, many people uh, in other cultures and lands uh, had their own way of worshiping. So we came here in chains, involuntary. You know, so, you know, we, we were involuntarily brought to this country, and we were brought here under the guise of uh, the religion of Christianity, which was basically came out of the Catholic Church, the Council of Nicaea, 325 A.D., that, need, that you need to look at that, and uh, and, and people need to just, get, just Google Council of Nicaea, and you'll see some of the a history of uh, the Christian church and how it evolved from the Catholic church. Uh, you have the Knights of Templar. You have different uh, stages of, of the evolvement of the, of the church till you get into to, to, to this, this country. And the founding fathers who were so devout in their uh, uh, religions and Christianity, uh, but... The proof is in the pudding. How did they treat us? Like I always say, a devil is what a devil does. And so uh, when I look at back at it and see the, uh, the just inhumane, inhumane treatment of a people and the subjugation of a people to the extent that today we are so conditioned that we we will we have uh, 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 just been indoctrinated into our religions, especially Christian religions, and Christians will not really uh, want to discuss it because let's let's face it, back in the early days of of this country, uh, you our people were illiterate along with a whole lot of other people. That's not that's not melanated. Three, third, fourth grade, first grade, sixth grade uh, educations. 
and uh, you know there, there there came about a way of of dividing, conquering and dividing, dividing because that's the strategy: conquer and divide. And so, even in the churches that they established, we could not attend. Even in the in in the end, when when at the end of the road you must meet your Creator, you had to go to the black cemetery and be buried. You know, and oh, yeah. so even to this day, Janice. Our people have been have have failed to study the true history and origins of our religions that we have, world religions, not just Christianity, Buddhism, you know, all, all of these, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, different type of of religions that we have, Muslims, uh, you know, just just take time and and study. Yeah, my question, time. Don, is mm-hmm. getting to the black churches in the United States. Mm-hmm. Our children are under attack. Yes. Our yes, communities they. are under attack. The very nature of our black existence mm-hmm. is under successful attack. Yes. And we have the majority of of the people in our community mm-hmm. are housing themselves and their minds. You know, we say, well, where do black people live? They're living in their churches, doing what one man interprets as their civic responsibility, which is zero, blank, neutral, vanilla, whatever, because these churches, not all of them, But most of them are sucking the life out of the people in our communities. Absolutely, Janice. But when you look back at the, however, when you look back at the origins of our black church, uh, we were so oppressed that that was the only time we could come together for a release was on Sunday morning. Well, it seems like we're going... We're 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 marching in now at a new oppre- another oppressor's drumbeat. Well, we have an evolution of the of the uh, of uh, of of uh, our religions and, and Christianity. It's evolved to a different uh, uh, stage, you know. As as the world has evolved, so has the uh, the church. You know, we the church, and I'm and I, I I was raised in the church. You know, I mean, I was was always in the church, and I studied history of the church, of all churches, and studied all religions. However, uh, uh, when I look back and see the proof, like I said, the proof is in the pudding. You know, where have during our time in this country, under this religion that we practice with our brothers and sisters who are not melanated, look where we are, look where we, we what we have gained, look how the, uh, the, the uh, system of supremacy, white supremacy has manipulated uh, the uh, individuals, groups, uh, to project us as a people that's basically uh, homeless. Uh, they say in Africa that uh, you go, you want to go back to Africa. Well, where are we going to go? You know, African people, even uh, uh, the president, he has he has roots. 
And so they tell us, you know, well, we've got uh, we've got our trees in Africa, and and our roots go deep. But you, American black, you got a bush, no tree. And so we come up under this Christianity, this Christian religion, all of these religions that we've come up, and they have conditioned us to be subservient to uh, um, the master, which is in the Bible. Yeah, but they're not controlling. They're not controlling the churches now. They're not we controlling the churches, control. but look how the, you have to realize the years and years and years and years and years of conditioning that has taken place uh, with our people and our ministers, because when the ministers first started out, they couldn't be licensed. They couldn't be uh, have a church or, or, or practice religion unless it was approved, and, and they were uh, uh, given, uh, you know, permission by white society, period. And so the preachers and, and teachers and sisters and mothers and whatever you have that, that in the churches that have come up, like I said, it was a gathering point for us, and we had social uh, um, uh, interaction among us in the churches, and that was a good thing. But now, since this, this due to the evolution of science, evolution of thinking, the uh, mass media, uh, the social media that we have, uh, you know, we see that the church has taken on the role of, for the most part, it's all about the money. I mean, when you look at it and and you uh, uh, you, you you compare uh, the, the modern day church and evangelists, you know, the bottom line is it's all and not all, but for the most part, all of these. Uh, uh, big name preachers who's driving these Rolls Royces, who's flying these airplanes, who's uh, uh, taking advantage of uh, fleecing the flock uh, because they have been conditioned to not question anything that the leader does or any type of leadership. They've been now trained that, not to that's where I'm. That's where I'm pointing to, and it's not just the prosperity uh, large churches done. No. It's 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 it's, it's, it's all it's, these ten ten to a block churches sure, in the it's, major it's storefronts on every corner, every block. Yes. You know when I go I go mean, to, to to Albuquerque, you know there's a new storefront up and some prophet coming down there, uh, you know giving the people instruction and the people don't know any better and then you know they they when they're taking up the offering, they got prayers and uh, and and words for those that put money in. But if you don't put money in, you know, then they don't have a word for you, you know. So that, I, I didn't get a word when I went to visit my mother-in-law's church. You know, come on, let's go to church. I didn't want to go. Uh, but but I know, went to a little storefront with about 15, 20 people in there, and some uh, minister from Africa or evangelist or whatever came in and, and, and brought a message. But the bottom line was, you know, uh, give $100, and, and uh, you know, we'll get you'll get a good blessing. So but, most but, you know, the thing have, is, Don, and let me interrupt you here for a mm -hmm. minute, is that it is not only stealing, it is not only scamming people out of their money. I mean, you are looking at churches in our community where there are so many elders who are questioning, hoping, fearful about Social Security, Medicare, uh, issues that are on the political spectrum right now, and the churches are not organizing 
around how do I protect the elderly people in my church. They're not doing that. They're not even touching it. They 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 want to preach morals about not having sex for teens, but they don't want to talk about um, uh, reproductive um, preca- uh, precautions like birth control and condoms, and they and they're doing nothing to assist in what the results are and the impact on our community around unwanted pregnancies. So um, they're they're not talking about violence. They're blaming young people in our community for the – I mean, I look at the the Nutter thing that happened in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I don't look at the so much as the, the flash mob thing. I look at Nutter's, resp- Nutter's response was to go to a black church to ask those people to give permission to unleash the power of police on young people in Philadelphia, and I'm outraged by that, and none of the churches responded and said, hey, this isn't a place to come and ask for black black children to be targeted. Well, Janice, uh, don't you think that it's, it's uh, uh, these 501C corporations uh, use that sometimes to say that, you know, I don't want to get into that mess. I don't want to be... A part of of the, of the political uh, agenda. We're here. We're here. We're talking about Christ. You know, even though in the early days Martin Luther. Well, Nutter didn't go there to talk about Christ. Nutter went there to get permission to make it comfortable to give to give notice that the police. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm. That's that's where I'm coming but, from. But but you got to realize that they've always, that, you know, now have, in the modern, in the later latter years here, and in these days we live in, they uh, have uh, uh, ties. You know, they're they're jumping in bed with Caesar. They're following Caesar's orders, and uh, it's hard to give up uh, the type of lifestyle that these uh, preachers live. I mean, they've got they've, they're, they know that they know what's happening. They know what yeah. the, the yeah. effect of, of, of unemployment is on our communities. Now, some of them are are really trying to say something about it because they know if the middle class is gone and 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 the poor people are uh, don't have jobs, the workers, that eventually it's going to affect their bottom line. So, the higher that unemployment rate goes, the more concerned that they may have about the bottom line and and may start to uh speak out on some of these issues but uh, but they also have been so aligned with the system and with government and with the uh, uh the Bush's policy when he was give, giving them money uh that they 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 could they always had control over the the communities and it's you know the preachers so uh, yes, they're going to come and 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 uh, and deal with the uh, ministers of our churches, large churches and large denominations. Now they're not going to go to Jeremiah Wright's church and do that. You no, see? they're not. Well, Jeremiah Wright really doesn't have a church. It's Reverend Otis now, but yeah, you're, Reverend you're Otis, absolutely, Reverend Otis. Yeah. You know, Otis is there, but you know, then I'm talking about the philosophy. They're not going there. But they will go yeah. to uh, you know some of these other mainline uh, mainstream people that we see, but uh, you know go try and ask them for uh, you know a thousand dollars to help you with your um, your house payment, not be a member of that church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 I see the uh, just an evolution 
to where we is just we have become so spoiled, so accustomed to uh um somebody else providing for us. Um uh, uh so uh, uh just entertained. We we we've been we've yeah. been uh, sidetracked with uh the entertainment yeah. That we, that we come in come into, so we don't yeah. have, really have time to think for ourselves, and the, and the, even the Bible tells you to study the scriptures, you know, and uh, 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 and it, but you you know you got to study, and if you're just like anything yeah. else, if you don't study for yourself, and you go into work, and you come home, you got to fix dinner, you got to take care of all these ninety nine thousand things that you must do, and deal with all the stress in your life. What time do you have to sit down? And get on that computer and take that Bible in your hand and go back and study the origins and the histories and when these people lived, what they said, what's allegory in the Bible, what's not. Some people say everything and every word is the is the word of God, you know. And 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 the scriptures tell you tell us itself is allegory, and and not only that, but uh, uh, you can't get into a conversation because they always come back to well. This is what the Bible says, and this is I know, yeah, yeah. faith is the, is the evidence of things hoped for, and the substance yeah. of things not seen. So, yeah. with, and and then without faith, is impossible to please God. Well, you put that on it on 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 a, on a person, and and they have to live under that type of uh, uh, of preaching and counseling and teaching. Then you can see that what kind of result they're going to get. And we yeah. see it now. We see all of yeah. these churches where we used to have organization in years and years ago in the 60s have now evolved to the point that where the leadership and the people, it's just like the people loving President uh, uh, Obama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, you say something wrong against President Obama, you got to fight on your hand. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that Maxine came out the way she did. But she said she's telling the truth. She 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 knows what's going on, and she says, you know, she we, they should have been out there make, uh, having him mm-hmm. to be accountable to the people because that's right. Looks what's taking place now. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to deal with anchor babies. We're going to have to deal with more more people that's on the public dole and 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 getting in getting these so-called public programs. And we're already, like I said, number four. So we're coming in. In the door after three, four people have come ahead, went ahead of us and took yeah. everything out, and then we again we're left with the scraps. Yeah. Hey, Don, I got to take another call, but you're you're yes. you're on it, and this whole idea of how we make time to study. You talk about study all the time. You were talking about it last year, last year. I mean, last uh, last week. Um, and you were just absolutely on fire and enraged last week to the point where I I was feeling you, my brother. I was really feeling you. Yeah, but, we have a know, responsibility to, to study, Aunt Janice. We have that's all. Yeah, and sometimes we we need to put some podcasts and some clips and some books on these iPods as opposed to listening to. Tunes that we bought, 
Exactly. That is a time. I, you know, I sit on the train sometimes, and I wonder what some of these people are listening to. They're listening to music while I'm catching up on listening to uh, the NPR news and the NPR podcasts, and I'm listening to some talk that I missed. You know, like one of my favorite talk persons is is um, Arthur Bachelor, mm-hmm. who is always teaching every moment on his radio show he's teaching i don't agree with everything he says or his idea his political ideology but he brings some history and factual basis to events and i i love that don thank you so much okay i just got one more thing i want to say janice that is can you hear me yep okay i'll just right quick we need to get, like, when you're riding these subways or riding your car or, or, or you have some time, get some of these books, the, 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 uh, mis, uh, the, the, the uh, Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. It's a must-read. The Destruction yeah. of yep. Black Civilization by Chancellor Williams is a must-read. Poweronomics by Dr. Claude E. Anderson is a must-read. And Hearing Dirty Laundry and other books by Ishmael Reed, which is a good author, read some of that. Take it with you. When you have spare time, pick these books up, read and educate yourself. Then you'll be armed with knowledge in order to deal with it. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Don. Thank you so much. You're listening to Our Common Ground at Blog Talk Radio. I'm Janice Graham. Our number is 347-838-9898. Five two, and we're going to come to you. We we want to do some program notes. We are trying to reschedule our our program, um, our common ground visit with Isaiah Washington, which is scheduled for next Saturday night at 10 p.m. Um, but I'm going to be away at the Martin Luther King um, Monument unveiling and his book is such a wonderful book i want to give it the kind of time and attention that it needs and i'm afraid we're we're trying to reschedule it and for those of you who are part of our ning community you'll get a notice about that the other is we are scheduling a three-day seminar uh with dr renoko rashidi uh understanding our History in Africa 101, and we'll be bringing you more information about this, about that programming. This is Our Common Ground. 972, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Well, Janice, good night to you and good night to your listening audience. How are you doing? And good night to you, Sarah. Good to hear from you. Yeah, this is great. Dr. Don, nice to hear you. This is my second time coming behind him today. So it's it's a pleasure to hear the doc on the case as usual. Um, I don't have much to say, um, Janice. I'm just going to let you spill. But since you're going to be um, you're going to be off, you said next week for the, the stuff going on in Washington. Well, I'm trying to reschedule. I haven't heard back from uh, Mr. Washington yet. But I think it's such an important program that I don't want to be in a hotel room trying to do it without all my, you know, things. And um, I don't know what other events are going to be going on. So I'm trying to reschedule it. But if we can't reschedule it, uh, we will 
continue the programming as scheduled. Sarah, let oh. me ask you a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, I know you listen to a lot of talk radio. I hear you every day with my good friend George <laughs> Wilson. Uh, I didn't get a chance to hear um, my good friend Wilmer Leon, who, who, by the way, is going to be hosting Our Common Ground for the month that I will be away on vacation. Okay, um, that's a yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a real real special, and I appreciate that he is willing uh, to do that. I think he's going to do uh, two weeks, and then uh, Dr. Ron Daniels will be doing two weeks. Oh boy, you have to have while I'm away. Yeah, uh, good friends always make me comfortable. You know, it's interesting that some almost 20 years ago. When I traveled to Washington, D.C. for the Clarence Thomas hearings when he was nominated for Supreme Court Justice, I knew it was a mistake the minute it happened, and I wanted to be at the Anita Hill hearing. Um, hearing. And uh, it was the first time since I had been doing talk radio that I was away from my own microphone. Okay. And I was real nervous about lending my microphone to uh, someone else because when you do daily shows, you have kind of like a, a rhythm going uh, with your audience. And so <clears throat> um, I, I bought a boom box on my way. I couldn't get a, a, a flight out, so I was going to take the train and this, I was traveling from West Palm Beach to D.C., and you should have seen me. As the train was traveling, I was trying to find the, the dial to keep the news going about what was happening on the thing, and I was just really nervous about my show. But with uh, Wilmer Leon and, and Ron Daniels taking over, I know I won't have to worry about a thing, even though it will be very different uh, because my international travels, um previously um i because i was doing terrestrial radio i couldn't get my show but i'll be able to listen yeah on the internet which is great yeah that's right so this is what i want to ask you about over the last couple of weeks it seems as though the mainstream media has been has acted and reported with glee the negative reaction responses to President Barack Obama coming out of the black community. What's your take on that? I think, um, Janice, as I um, always knew all along, this we don't have journalists anymore. We have very few. We have opinion givers. And what people, what they've been doing, they put them onto television and they disguise themselves as journalists and they give you opinions instead of giving you facts. And that's what a lot of people, that's why you have all of this faction going on with people with, you know, with, with Obama, well, he's this and he's that, because they don't, they're not willing to research and find their information out to see if what is being told to them is the truth. And that's the problem with a lot of us. We, we have gotten lazy, and we've got our favorite pundits, and whatever they say, we take it as gospel, and we don't do any more research. We're done with it. You, you know, hey, they said it. I believe it. That's the end of the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's re- it's really interesting uh, to me to see 
black commentators who purport to be an advocate on the interests of black people in the political landscape, you never hear them referencing black journalists, journalists like Amy Alexander and Goldie Taylor and Glenn Ford and Bruce Dixon and Larry Pinckney, and my list goes on and on. It's always what Chris Matthews said. And Chris Matthews is like a, a grade D journalist, if if you can even he's call him a journalist. He, you see, he's, he's a, a loudmouth. Exactly. He's a typical, he's a hear him at shows. They're going to shout you down, create a lot of noise, drown you out, and people think it's okay because these white liberal boys, they're seeing something, oh, all of a sudden that, you know, hey, mm-hmm. only white men or yeah. white women could speak on behalf of black people. We don't have a voice. That's we right. Speak. And That's right. That, Which is why, and, and, and believe me, I'm not, making, I'm not throwing rocks at Tim Wise. Oh, yeah, he, he's I the worst Tim of the worst. I I I don't I don't care what anybody says about Tim Wise. I love Tim Wise. Well, Tim Wise was doing what he what he does before he was making money. But it's interesting. Let me give you a bit of information Tim Wise Tim. makes more money talking about white supremacy than any black person in this country. And let me tell you about Tim Wise. If Tim Wise was that interested in overthrowing white supremacy and all of this flow or buckets of words that he puts out here, he was he um the system would have been done. Tim Wise runs a hustle. He got a hustle that he is running on all of these policies. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Tim Wise is a writer. That's what he does. Yeah, he's a writer, but let me tell you what happens with Tim Wise. I don't know if you had a chance to read this article by this brother that this um he put out this blog. I um look, I was reading so many stuff. I was doing my research this week, and one of the things which is which is something that I, I found those years ago. Tim Wise, what he does is that whenever there's a problem with diversity that comes up on these campuses, especially with these with what's going on with these black student unions and and all of this diversity um black education and so on being pulled out to these universities, guess who they go ahead and they do? They go and they bring one of these so-called pundits like a Tim Wise. A what's what's um another one called Jeb Middleton and all of these other um what's the Amy Sakura and all of these other people running around here calling themselves um trying to overthrow this system. They bring them in there. They do the little feel good speech. They get everybody going. And you know what? The people say, oh, we we have solved the, we have solved the problem. We got them whites to come up in here talk about white supremacy. We don't have an issue anymore. They believe in covering stuff up, and that's what Tim Wise has been running around this country doing. These people have not actually been de- deconstructing this movement because they have been benefiting from this system. So I don't really take issue with them. And one of the other things that what Tim Wise says, which, which is something that really and truly ticked me off with him, is I heard him on a show, and he called Dr. Francis Crest Welsing. I don't know if you, you're familiar with Dr. Crest Welsing. She's been on Our Common Ground many, many times. Yes, I have your old archive. And he called her work pseudoscientific bullshit. That's what he said about Dr. Francis Crest Welsing. That's what I told I said, here it is, this boy, just a bachelor's degree. This is a medical doctor trained in psychology, um, in psychiatry, the operation of the mind. 
She has done extensive research on what's going on, and he's going to refer to her work as pseudoscientific bullshit. That's exactly verbatim what he said. Now um, here's that this white boy, this black woman talking about when talking about racism, no, all the way back in the sixties, wrote a thesis and everything about it. She's been on this trail long before him. He never give credit to her. Never get credit to all Mr. Neely Fuller. They're the ones who came up with this concept that Tim Wise is running around here hawking his books, talking about, and he's going to refer to her as that by the, in that derogatory way. So, no, he's a part of the problem, too, not the solution. Okay, I hear you. I, I, I disagree to a, a, to, to a certain degree. Because but I, can I, send think you, that... I can send you the, um, the, the, the audio. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Show, so that you can hear for yourself what he said in this whole show about um, Dr. Chris Swellsey. I could send you the whole audit. But you see, the thing is that Tim is working on the people that he should be working on. He's working on white people. I've seen on a lot of black. We need to be working on black people. I've seen on a lot of black venues. Did you see the the quote? If you you go online and you put up Tim Wise in schedule, you'll see a lot of the places that he goes to. He goes to a lot of black places and he gets already confused black people. To, to buy into this mess, he needs to go strictly on the white side, deal with white people. You don't need to be in any churches, any black campuses, running around well, here getting fans. Because all I hear people on these, some of these radio stations, oh, I love Tim Wise, Tim Wise this, Tim Wise that. I said, well, what did Tim Wise actually say? What has he said? Oh, it's just the way that he said things. You see, this is that preacher mentality. But, but, but you again. have to understand that Tim Wise has made a career out of whiteness uh, the the whiteness seminar industry, if you want to call it that. Yep, that's exactly what he is. What, what it is, and that's what he does. He talks whiteness to white people. Who is taught? And 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 when black organ, he he very rarely speaks to black organizations. Very rarely. That's I've known him. Really. I have not known the, him since he was a college student. Very rarely. Now, when he got into the controversy with Francis Cress Welsing, um, and uh, Tim has been on our common ground too many times for me to even think about, but when he got into the controversy with Welsing, he did apologize. He apologized to her personally. I know that he did. When did he apologize to her? This was back in maybe 2009 when they they met personally in D.C. Because Um, I um, heard Dr. Francis Press Wilson about a week ago, and she never mentioned anything about Tim Wise apologizing after this incident happened. He might have apologized. Oh, she didn't accept the apology. She didn't accept the apology. I didn't say she accepted the apology. Oh, I would accept either. But aside from that, aside from that, I am just saying that he is doing, he is directing his stuff to the right, to the very right audience. Janice, we're just going to agree to disagree on Tim Wise. Yeah, we're going to dis- we're going to disagree <laughs> on that one. But let me let me ask you a question. But, but, but really, what I call about question. is, uh, let's talk about our issue and leave white people out because we always bring white people in and get ourselves all tangled up. Over there, yeah. and they 
foolishness, but our people and with what's going on with Maxine and with what the faction is split, as you were talking about. Within okay. The, within now the black the CD, CBC had, they, they, they're now deciding that they get there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Correct. What's yes. your take and, on And it? you know what, Janice, I feel it's coming a little bit too late. It's two and a half years, like I've said repeatedly <laughs> at some of the shows that I called into. I said if this president had ignored white people on his backers for two and a half years, how far, how long do you think he would he would um he would have lasted in the White House if he would have done to us his biggest supporter, the safest reverse and do it to white people and his biggest donors? It wouldn't have it would not be matter of fact he wouldn't have done it because this president Absolutely. is very white identified. We 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 need to remember that this man was raised by white people. He's a black man operating in a white body. He had no culturization with black people until when he left that island and he came to go to school. That's when he finally started getting um, acclimated to black people. But he don't. He doesn't have that thing about him like, like us. Like no, he's, he's not a black man. No, he's an no, African-American. He's, he's a black man. In, in The body outside is black, but the inside is a European because that's who raised this boy. So we have got to move ourselves back from Barack Obama and stop looking at him as this great big black savior as what, what I'm hearing. Because I hear some ridiculous things, Janice, like some people say, you know what, I don't care, he don't have to do nothing else. He's black, he's been elected, I never thought I would see it in my lifetime, I'm happy with him, I'm going to vote for him again. And I said, good God Almighty, I said, did you all actually hear what you said? I said, did well, you hear what you said You because of your selfishness and what you want you don't care about anybody else, and you don't care about the destruction of not getting what you want. All you care is the symbolism of this black man. The Hispanic well, you know what Larry Larry Pinkney of the Black Commentator wrote on Wednesday? He, he said that among the bitter ironies of this Obama presidency is the fact that he has reinforced and provided a cover for mm-hmm. racism, war, and greed in this society under the guise of having a nominally black person as head of state. Indeed, this presidency has provided political cover for the the emaciation of the poor and what remains of the middle class of all colors. It has been and continues to be a disaster of gigantic proportions. That is exactly what I've said all along from day one. I've said, you know, white people have put in place their mold to do what they could not have done, because if they would have done it, they wouldn't even have gotten this far. People are willing to let this man destroy Social Security or Medicare. Oh, you need to balance the budget. I don't care. They're not, they don't care a darn what he do. The, um, the, the, the racist Republicans, the racist white people, they're not letting them do I don't care if you need to balance, you need to do whatever you got to do. Exactly. That is the insanity, because no other white president could have, could have put on the table the stuff that this man is doing. That's why they put this mole in place, because they know that he can do whatever he wants to do, which is going to affect the most people of color, and people would, would not, they would overlook it, and they would cry racism, they would jump on the bandwagon and say, these racist people, they're blocking him, they're not letting them do everything, so therefore, this, this, if this man is so-called brilliant Janet, Janice, he knew exactly what was coming up. All this wasted energy on a, on a health care bill, which was a giveaway to the pharmaceutical industry, that wasn't that. That's not going to help anybody. It is not well, going to help anybody. The same thing with the yeah. black farmers. They always like to pull out this card. Well, all oh, the black farmers. He, no, the black farmers haven't got their money. 
They said, they said yes, the settlement has done, but the money has not been appropriated to pay them out. They're still dropping yep. and dying off, and they're not got. They haven't and got their. And it's not going to be. And it's not going to be appropriated, not in this Congress. Hey, Sarah, thank you for your comments. i got to go to 818, who has been waiting for a long time. But one of the things that we we have to be, be able to focus on is what are we doing in our community? What are we doing as the Black Agenda Report at Bruce Dixon's piece this week? What yes, are we doing to save ourselves? It's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant piece. Janice, like I said, this is going to tell us that, you know what, we need to form a pack. We need to do it like every other group is doing, like how the Latinos did, did and they got what they want, a response in 48 hours. We need to do the same dog and form a pack and said, you know what, we're going to withhold all of the black votes until you come up in here and you're going to have to come up and do what we want you to do, and you're going to come back and report every six months. And if you don't do well, what see, you we've, want we've got to be scared. I, I, I'll tell you, Sarah. I'm scared to death of a Rick Perry. Janice, that is what they're trying to get. What is what I'm trying to tell you all to do? Be rational. These people are trying to get you. These are on the same wings on a bird. you got a right wing and a left wing, but it's one bird. So why well, are you letting these people scare you, Janice? Like you know, he's, coming, he's coming like a steam train up the track. Gonna burn out. You see, air. You start off fast, and you're gonna you're gonna burn out just like a rocket. You're gonna burn out. These people are throwing everything at you, Janice. If this is a political game that they're pulling at you. They're throwing everything. They're, Obama gonna put gonna go back in there. But you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna put all the demons that they're gonna unleash. Put them out there on the table to let you see. Hey, you gonna have to run over here. You got to stay in this corner. Don't ask any questions because if you do. Here's a Rick Perry. Here's a Michelle Bachman. These are the demons that you're looking at facing. They want to shut down dialogue. So they put all of these nut jobs. These people are not. They're gonna fizzle out, um, Janice. They are going to fizzle. Watch and well, see. Watch and see now. Well, the rumors are already starting to break on Rick Perry. Watch and see. Yeah. Don't get people scare you. Yeah, but but they're, you know, in our community, we have to focus on how to save ourselves. Yes, we do. Electoral politics is only one kind of politics. Sarah, thank you so much for your call. Hope to um, always have you with us. Our number is 347-838-9852. Thank you for joining us at our Saturday night open mic. 818, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Well, Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Crickets, thank you for holding on. <laughs> this is Uishe, BJ. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't that, oh, God, shut it all down now. The tax lady's in the house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, the sister before before me, so profound, and the brother yes. as well. There is yeah. so much. I want to go right back. I got some right good back. people up in here every Saturday That's night. That's right, and I thank you. I appreciate that so much. I'll go Listen, right back uh, to the for, very for before beginning. Before you get started, tell yes. us about your tax service. Well, I am a mobile. Hi, everybody. Asante Sana, and very nice to be with you tonight. My name is Wanda Green, and I am a mobile tax practitioner or a virtual tax practitioner. So if you need your taxes done, you contact me, and I do them, no matter whatever state you're in. It's we no matter what time of year. No, all year. 
All year. That's right. And, and, and what's your what's your website or, or email? Uh, the email is Wanda E Green at Yahoo dot com. Okay. The number is eight one eight nine three four one five eight zero. And the blog okay, folks. http you know cold semicolon forward slash uh Wanda's tax tips at blogspot dot com. All but right. I if you need me, even just call if you have questions, and uh, we can get you, you know, to the to the next level. So I'm a virtual assistant as well. I take calls. I do what whatever you need done. If we can go all the way back to the beginning, girl, we are very tribal. This is all about the tribe. Oh yeah, it is. Uh huh. This is about who we are standing with. You know I'm big on the Africa Channel. Once you start watching these countries and become familiar, it all starts coming back to you. See, these are things that are way, 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 way in the back of our mm-hmm. soul. Mm-hmm. We just don't remember. And it's in our DNA. That's what we have it's done. It's in our DNA. We have, we have ancestral memory That's in our right. DNA. And then once we get past that, then we have the slave memory. Once we mm-hmm. can get past all of that, then we'll be on our way home. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always talking about my hustle. This business out here, don't be fearful. And you know I'm always fearful. You always hear me talking about how am I going to make it. I got this kid. I got these animals. What am I going to do? How am I going to uh, How am I going to keep this car on the road? My story is your story. So many people out there have the same story. So let's get back to the village. Easily said, right? But how about I have a friend we met during the campaign who is injured right now. He has employed me on Wednesdays. Okay, you know what I'm doing? Domestic. I'm a domestic goddess on Wednesdays. Okay? Mm -hmm. But it's my hustle. It'll keep me going to the next level, and that's called village economics. It may not be forever, but it's getting me to the next level for Mm -hmm. right now. Okay? And, you know, that's what we have to do. We do have to stay in contact with each other and think about each other. Because on the real tip, they are not thinking about us. Like the sister said, these are scare tactics. You think Rick Perry don't scare me either? But as of yesterday, when that, hey, they, I don't know if you guys saw this um, this uh, clip of him with B of A passing him by and giving him, like, the, the hey, the cookie oh, yeah. bag. Hey, hey, yeah. we got you on this. Now, who does and that? See, the thing is, I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. Why are we still doing business with the Bank of, of um, America? Because uh, it's the Any Bank of, of America. It's the Bank of America. They've been around forever. This is they are all over the world. Okay? This 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 is nothing odd. It's nothing to be scratching your head about. It's the Bank of America. And that's how they roll. Okay? How are you still gonna be jacking people up with mortgages and you still in business? How you got crazy fees and you still in business? How did you take money and you didn't turn it then into the people? You you laying people off, and you still in business? Mm-hmm, Come on now, mm-hmm. this is take, all over. These are all, and yeah, and and asking some and asking the same people you laying off to lend you some money so you can keep thank, your doors open. Thank you, and you That's know what? The game. 
No. It's not it's not cool, and sis is right. We need to stand together on this and speak up. But even when we we speak up, it's like we're not being heard. I want to make a point about something you said. Um, the journalists and the speakers who spoke on the journalists, we don't have journalists like we used to have in the day. Let me just speak of Gil Noble who had a stroke, so you know he's very ill. That was yeah. a journalist. Yeah, I do. We... Uh, um, we have Melba Tolliver, you know, different folks coming up during the day. But now I want you to pay attention to things that you write on your blog or things that you have on your Facebook page. That that you break down and put up, they will take your information and then you will hear it Run repeated with it. someplace else. Over That's just what I wrote over. down here. Look, I wrote yep. it down. They take our research and run with it. Okay, I've seen mm-hmm. my things, things that I write all the time. BJ, I've seen your things. It's one thing that's pe- that is people in our group that we talk to, or you expect that to happen, but you don't expect to see it on a pundit's uh, blog, or you don't expect to see it on a pundit's mm-hmm. uh, page, uh, show. Mm-hmm. And trust and believe, they read Facebook. That mm-hmm. Facebook is the new AP, okay? That's that, right. That's real and talk. I'll tell you. I'll tell you another thing. They're always that they're always quoting this tweet thing, tweeter. Yeah. Have you yeah. noticed um, that so many of the black bloggers have moved from Facebook, which um, because I have created a presence Facebook, it's hard for me in in trying to promote the show to move off of Facebook, but I'm just really not feeling Facebook. But they've moved to Twitter because yeah. they get play. They get play. That's right. And they get you know, and they get and, quoted. Exactly. And they show their picture. They take they take exactly. the and they show their picture and they say so and so said this. And then if you exactly. get repeat. Okay, so I mean that's a good thing, but and they are getting credit because it's not like a paid deal. It could become a paid deal, so it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing on the same yeah, note as well. I, I mean, if you if you look at what the media is doing, you know, if you look at just Michelle Bachman, you look at now, Sarah. And how Hayward, crazy is that? And you know, yeah. I'm not trying to pick up on the women. You look at Huntsman. You look at Rick Perry, these people have nothing to offer, nothing. And should not ever be up there. How did they they get get up there? they get the attention. But I tell you what's not getting attention is that corporations have been evading paying their fair share for years. And And do you want to know why, DJ? Bank of America exploited the tax code to avoid paying a single penny in income tax, yet that same corporation received government bailout money and has Always. been paying their top executives millions upon millions of dollars. I have a I have a classmate out of business school who works for Bank of uh, of America as some something something whatever something, but he made over six hundred thousand dollars last That's year. That's right. This is an empl- a manager a senior executive management employee. That's right. And let me tell you, doing taxes, I know people live right up to that dollar. They buy their homes, they have bank accounts, they folks live well, but they do live right up to that dollar, so they got to keep it coming in. They're lazy and they're bums, too, with money. The more money you, you make, 
unless you're really disciplined, it's gone. I don't care what level yep. you're at. You, you, so that's, that is something to look at. But yeah, let me make this point. Right. You know why they're getting over like that? Because they're in Congress. These people are sitting on boards. They're owning these stocks. They're, they're owning. They're participants in this. They're going to keep it going. All of that should be open. Each person, we should go to Congress and say we, that ought to be on, a, on their page as well. I want to see your financial stats. I want to see your tax return. I want to know what board you sit on. I want to see your stock portfolio. And while talking about stock, you saw how we had that big dump. It, it would just crash like uh, a few days ago, right, last week. Then it, okay, then it went back up. So you know what happens. You buy when it's low, right? So now you know what happened that people with some cheese went in there and bought. That's how it went back up those past few days. And then it dumped again. You, We're in a, in a situation now where we are getting rid of money. I bet you our money is going to change. We are going. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. global money. So you have yeah, to get rid of money. Yeah, it's going to be a euro dollar. That's Euro right. dollar. And then all of these people, all that this is happening now, why we're in this position is because they're hoarding money. They're not, how, how can you say, oh, I'm skeptical about hiring these people because I don't know what's going to go down in three years? Yeah, so what? What, what yeah. does that mean? Okay, they're hoarding money. But what's going to happen is that money is going to be dissolved. That money is going to be dumped. That is going to be the Black Friday when people are jumping out of windows. So, and, you know, uh-huh. everything is a climax for us. So I know they're waiting for this to happen. That's why with that, that whole Charlie Sheen thing, we was waiting for that boy to jump off a, off a cliff or something. Cliff, That's yeah. how we roll yep. here. That's how crazy yep. we are. And, and, Let me and go we, on better circle the tr- we better circle our villages. That's all That's I'm right. saying. That's and we so lost I'm and saying. crazy. That's the dumb down. That goes right into the entertainment. Girl, they pushing this entertainment hard on us. We so stupid. Our people That's so right. stupid. That's how we you talking about circle. We're gonna go the fire be going. You got BJ, you got that corner, I got this corner, and then shoot, there's another fire over there. You got me running over there. Come on, listen, and yep. we get out for over there. And it 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 can't happen. We can't do it. Because they so dumb down. They are, excuse my, my words and this will offend me. They so stupid that they just can't see. These are called the sheeple. This is we're seeing what's happening, okay? Well, and let me, we let are me put smart. it plain. And I mm-hmm. hope you all don't have any children in the room. But we are beyond fucked. Yeah, girl. <laughs> and, and, okay. I mean, let's go back to the you're church. Ta- you're today. talking about a 23 percent unemployment rate in our community. Yeah. Wait, wait. And let me stop you there. BJ, they said 23. Rate. That's right. And uh, a guy's story on Facebook today, he's a teacher, Susan Susan Bond, you might want to check out her page. Uh, A guy wrote in that, oh, my God, he had to go in. He's teaching seventh grade. He's got to prepare them for this test. He was like, oh, man. He had to go back and dig in his own books because some of the stuff that he had to teach them to get them up to par, which is not what he was there to teach them, he said there is no way that these children would have ever succeeded. He's in seventh grade, and he's and these children are at fourth grade level. We see this all the time. I don't want yeah. us to be deceived, though. It's not just our kids. It's all across the board. That's why oh, it's so haywire exactly. out there. Exactly. Because it's everybody. Exactly. It's not just our exactly. kids. Exactly. And, you know, and if we don't think, um, for instance, I was I was looking at some some of the inconsequential things that we don't think about of how prices have risen in our sure. aqu- the aquarium 
the Boston Aquarium, the Boston Science Museum, mm-hmm. the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, the Bo- almost every inconsequential way in which we informally educate our children. Right. And the cutting of public library hours and services. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Those are things that we get in a way to help educate our children and to protect them for their undereducation and their miseducation, and it's going away. But check this out. Right there on those words, while we're there, let's say this. As you were saying that thing, don't it seem like plantation? That seems like oh, going yeah. back to the plantation. Does, does it seem like, and, and then if you, you match that with the prison industrial complex, oh, my God. uber population, right, and plans, if you match that with the, ad, ad, we have to admit that we allow police brutality against our children Let's go back to the church where you guys were talking. They always said it's okay to take and do away with our people. How you always, not now, not when Martin's time, all of that civil rights, that's when they said, no, you cannot do that. But once they saw filtering in money in there, it's real easy to say, okay, look at them kids. Look, them flash mobs, I wish, I'm thinking today when I saw those clips again, because she's visiting, she's not with me this week, let me call my child and say, don't ever, ever, ever be caught up in anything like that. You've got to know who you're dealing with. You've got to know who you're rolling with. But yep. really, for me, she's going to be in the house. I don't care how yep. old you are. I said you're going to be here, right? You're not going to be roaming. We'll get into something else, because parents are, are limited as well. When you... I'm saying that in a forceful way, but you know when it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands. They're going to do what they yep. want to do anyway. Yep. Okay? So, you know, but, but it's that, like, you know, one of the things one of the things that I get uh, part of the, the going away box that I gave my granddaughter to go to college mm-hmm. right. was a, a small spray can of bee spray. That's right. You know, and she says, oh, well, I can get pepper spray. I said, if a cop catches you with some pepper spray, you're on your way to jail. That's right. See, and we, we have we to gave... get smarter. That's and we right. Have, you know, and the thing is that in this ancestral DNA inside of us, which is why I love James uh, Bradley's Something Inside of Me. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's a blues song, <laughs> and people know I play it on this show all the time. Is that we've got to reach in in order to reach up. That's right. And but what we we're don't doing is reaching out to reach That's up. That's right. But see, and as they get younger and younger and younger with these pe with these children. They don't know how. So, see, they've forgotten Big Mama is 14 years old now. So there's no way she can teach that. So those of us who do have that knowledge, we have to compound that. It can't just be for my one that's in the house. You have to reach out to the to those other ones. Somebody will catch it. But we who do have that knowledge, we really have to be tribal leaders. We have to be the elders, and we have to hold on to you. can't just be like, oh, they ain't listening. 
You have to make them listen. Your presence has to be known. And you have to be Shaka, and you have to be Masai, and you have to stand tall and know that when the lions, they ain't coming to you. The lions will run. They're not even coming to your camp because you are standing there with your red beads, and you will jump high if you need to. The house has to know this. Neighbors have to know. Friends have to know this. Okay? That's the real deal. Bruce Dixon wrote this week, and it and it almost made me weep. Listen to what he's had to say. It says, two and a half years, and for those of you of the Our Common Ground family, please support the Black Agenda Report. You, you don't have to subscribe. You could just donate $20 and just say, I'm going to donate $20 every four months, quarterly, to keep it alive. But Bruce Dixon, who's been a guest on this show, wrote, Two and a half years into the Obama presidency, some of us spend more time mooning over pretty pictures of the first family, their beautiful kids, and regal mother-in-law than we spend publicly worrying over the fates of millions of families, children, and elders we personally know. Why are some of us still trying to save the Obama administration? When will it be time to save ourselves from endless war climate change, joblessness, and other ravages of late predatory capitalism. I can can answer that for you right now. So we're doing it for them, but you know they did it for their own. They did it for all of those other um, presidents. Didn't we do it for the Clintons? Come on Mm -hmm. now. This is just pattern. This is behavior. This is behavior that is against ourselves, which takes me to um, it all really being a scheme, okay? Uh-huh. We go into uh-huh. this, we buy into this, we live this, we love it, and you know, you know, I am crazy about Barack Obama. You heard me mention the campaign. I was all in. They wasn't going to yeah, tell my were. story. I was the first one. I was like, Mm-mm. we. I'm about to have a meet and greet and a walkathon. You are not going to tell my story. And this white girl said to me, well, how about we're like in the same area, but I'm having a function and you're having a function, and how about you cancel yours and we send all everybody to mine, and then we can all like group together. I was yeah. like, yeah. I don't think so, okay? So mm-hmm. it wasn't going to go down. Mine's happened in Lemur Park, historic Lemur Park, and that's mm-hmm. the way it was going to be, and that's how I roll. You're not going to yeah. tell my story, okay? And yeah. that's just yeah. the way it is. But now on that note, crazy about them, but I understand that uh, what, they, what the sister before me said, that is a black man on yeah. the outside, but on the inside, that's a white boy. I was thinking so heavy about this because you know what that grandmother and grandfather said? Well, yeah, they say those things, and you have to just turn away and you be strong. We, we're raising you better than that. You don't hit anybody. You just square your shoulders, and it's going to be different. Yeah. So he yeah. doesn't know about turn around and, and giving the middle finger or saying, I will knock your eyeball for you, okay? Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't get that. Because the household was teaching him. I know. I mean, I, I just I, I marvel at his inability to 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 look up and say, "You have stepped up to the wrong person now." And it's, it's, let me, it's not going to happen. Let me remind our audience that you really, in this time, with these issues before us, we really need to be studying Carter G. Woodson, but we also need to go That's back right. and study Marcus Garvey. One of, the things that one, one, one of the things that Marcus Garvey said that I absolutely love, I mean, I, I have this, his book 
on my coffee table and I, I pick it up maybe every other day and, and just read a passage. He wrote in his book, and this was in the 20s, he wrote, there is no doubt that the Negro is his own greatest enemy. He is That's jealous right. of himself and envious and covetous. I don't even know if that's, that's right. a word. This Can I go back to what you said? Mm-hmm. That's right. Can I go back to what you said about Maxine and you know her coming up and saying, "You have to give me permission to unleash." Those words are in, inflaming to me, and I didn't really like that. You got permission. You're our leaders. We don't play that game with me. I got to give you permission. I'm calling your office anyway. So you already know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do what mm-hmm. you need to do. You're the leaders, okay? You do yep. what you need to do. But um, on that same note, Tavis and Dr. West, who you know I have the fan club for him, crazy about Dr. West. I have mixed feelings for Tavis. You do need to speak up. What they're saying is legit, but the venom is not mm-hmm. right. I feel that there is well, something. Well, they framed it. They have framed it in a way that their message gets lost. Right. And as people who make a living communicating, shame on them. That's right. And you That's know right. because they they keep talking about the the tour, the poverty tour, and then when he comes out and says what was best for Dr. West was when he really gave an extensive explanation to what he was saying. He got an opportunity to give an extens- extensive explanation. That was better than just giving sound bites. And yep. uh, and I'm talking about when when it was extensive. He was able to speak on CNN and Nightline and all of all of those shows. When it was extensive, you get a better feel. But still, the yep. venom that was going out w- is not productive for us. Still makes me think, which I wrote down yesterday. They want to see if we are still in bondage and if we will sell each other out. Out. Okay. Absolutely. That is hey, always you, the game. You're 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 right on it and. As um, my good friend down there in Brooklyn says, and when I pass through there on on uh, Wednesday, I'm gonna give a big shout out to her. She says that have all these Obamaites greasing up our screens with what is clearly pandering, and yes. pandering doesn't work for us. Doesn't Tell work because we're not the same as them. Okay, that's right. as you gotta my, know your role. My mother would say. Tell the truth and shame the devil. devil. You have got to go. Thank you so much, my dear, and I'm so glad you're with us. Bye, Wonderful to talk to you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You know, we got some great thinkers in our community, and one of the things that we need to do is we really need to look at our deepest fear. And and when when we start looking at why we are fearful, we have to really embrace the notion that we have a memory in our DNA. Some of us have a little and some of us have a lot. I hear Ida B. Wells. I feel the spirit of Ida B. Wells in my life every day. You know, she keeps me from cussing out a whole bunch of people. 
she keeps me from strangling some people. And she also whispers to me that everything there is has to do with struggle of our people. Because we're struggling against some very, very powerful stuff. We're still struggling against the messages of just um, 30 years ago. You know, I had some real misgivings about whether or not I wanted to attend the unveiling of the the King Monument or I wanted to do it in private as opposed with the whole community. But there, as Yuji just told us, there's some there's some powerful tribalness uh, that goes on in our DNA. Listen to this 1960s political ad, and the ads that we're hearing today are not much different. The following is a paid political announcement from Mr. John Chapman, chairman of the Mid-City Development Plan. It does not necessarily represent the viewpoint of this station. Ladies and gentlemen, you ask, what are the Negroes kicking up such a fuss about? You ask, what do they want? Well, I'll tell you what they want. They want our jobs and our houses and our churches and our country clubs and our beaches. Now, down south, they know how to handle them. They keep them out of their schools and their parks and their restaurants. Up here, we gave them the inch and they took the mile. We gave them education, we gave them jobs, we gave them neighborhoods of their own. And what are they doing now? <laughs> They're demonstrating. They're marching up and down the streets and carrying signs. They're saying, we want full citizenship. We want full integration. Well, let me tell you this. God made them black because they are different. And no bleeding hearts and no new laws are going to change them overnight into white men. That was a real political ad. And that is the message that you are hearing from the Tea Party, from the GOP, it is no different. We have to stand against the kind of absolute demonization of our presence and existence in this country. And, you know, one of the ways we could do that, we could do that simply by standing for the UN Conference on, on Racism that the U.S. is boycotting. We could speak the words by writing to our local newspapers and making sure we're repeating it and repeating it over and over until it is heard because we are not being heard. We're not rising. We're not being heard. We're not putting people on notice, as we should. And the people that are, are not getting our support. What is with that? You're listening to Our Common Ground. This is Saturday night, open mic. Uh, We've got a few minutes, only a few minutes, and I wanted to share with you that ad because I think we're just hearing that. Our children are hearing that. Our children are looking at us with our hands open wide and smiling faces and wondering if we have lost our minds. That 
we think somehow it is a good thing for a mayor of a major city in this country to come and seek our permission to unleash what has already clearly been evidenced as a racist police department. I will tell you, I will say it again over and over, do not forget that Wilson Good was a black mayor of Philadelphia when the Philadelphia Police Department bombed the home of MOVE. So don't be fooled by job uh, fairs two years too late in Atlanta. A a black mayor who wants to do an Obama-like moral speech to a black church where he grew up to garner some authentic, relevant validation of targeting black children without a history of supporting or even giving support to the same community that he now wants to bomb. We've got to be very careful. And for those of you who say that you're not in the mix, that you're not in the mess, you don't want to be in the mess, if you're born black, you're already in the mess, as Fannie Lou Hamer would say. As a matter of fact, I've got a clip on that. We've got to keep our eye on the prize, but we've got to also understand what the prize is. Uh, For uh, you, for us to say that we are somehow, we know what the issues are, it's not enough to study. We've got to be able to say, this is my personal agenda. I am going to be an alternative to the voice that I don't like. I'm going to be an alternative to the status quo. I am going to do something, a breakfast program, a reading program in my neighborhood. I am going to make a difference. Most of you heard me talking with um, India Declare, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with the I Declare Media studio. She's live and call in 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. And one of the things that I was saying to India Declare, my dear colleague, is that we have got to be clear about what it is we tolerate. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground tonight. We'll be right back here either Next Saturday or the Saturday after with Isaiah Washington. Don't forget the Alpha Show, 3 p.m. on TruthWorks Network, and Architects of Change on Wednesday at 9 p.m. at TruthWorks Network. I'm Janice Graham, and I thank you so much for joining us tonight. You've been tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And don't forget, here... Our Common Ground, each Saturday, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves. 
transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Have a great weekend. Thank you.